Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. This is your icebreaker. What do you call a line of rabbits hopping backwards? A receding hairline. I'm Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan, and from APM American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. Our icebreaker this week came from Claire Sloma, one of the stars of the coming-of-age film The Myth of the American Sleepover. That's out now. All right. And coming up, TV on the radio, a bottle under the desk, Brendan's snack of snacks, and tigers. Oh, my. But first, small talk. All week long, you've been hearing this. The fall of Tripoli and the slow demise of the Gaddafi regime. Yesterday's earthquake rocked much of the East Coast. Steve Jobs has stepped down as the CEO of Apple. Now for something you haven't heard, we're joined by Julie Gerstein. She is a writer for the women's pop culture site, thefrisky.com. Julie, what story are you going to be talking about this weekend? The Oxford English Dictionary this week released its new list of words that they have taken out of the dictionary. And among the words that they have removed is the word cassette tape. What? Yes. What? How can they do that? I know. There are still cassette tapes. I know. If you have a, a 1996 Ford Taurus like some of us do, <laughs> you are using your cassette tapes. Absolutely. Or at least one of those cassette adapter things so you can run your iPod it, through it. it. Exactly. Exactly. So not only has cassette tape been taken out of the dictionary, but sexting has gone in. Um, they put in the word woot. I can't believe the word dictionary is still in the dictionary. I know. Right? I, I feel like cassette tapes are more prevalent than dictionaries. Absolutely. <laughs> what are we supposed to call cassette tapes? Are they just now the windy ribbon thing? Can you imagine some like 15-year-old who's like, what's the thing with the tape and the thing? <laughs> well, I'm going to say thanks for joining us before those words are removed from the dictionary. Thanks for having me. And now, time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve with it. It's like history is a blackened piece of bubblegum on the sidewalk, shattered by the piercing force of a pressure washer filled with booze. That seems... That's what it's like, man. Seems excessive. <laughs> Here's the history. This week back in 1835, the first in a series of infamous newspaper stories was published. Michelle Philippi is here with the tale. In the early 1800s, the term, don't believe everything you read, hadn't been coined. At least it doesn't seem like it, judging by people's reaction to a series of articles published in New York's Sun newspaper, in which famed astronomer John Herschel was said to have discovered unicorns on the moon. There was more. The Sun claimed Herschel had spied, through a huge telescope, lunar beavers walking on their hind legs, and four-foot-tall half-men, half-bats. They even had a scientific name, Vespertilio Homo. Now, by most accounts, the article's author didn't want the stories taken seriously. The whole thing was a satirical jab at only slightly less silly theories, which real science writers had come up with at the time, like the idea that every star, moon, and comet was inhabited. But the public did take the moon stories seriously. By the end of the series, the sun was the most popular paper on Earth. And even after the hoax was exposed, the real John Herschel kept getting asked about his discovery of moonicorns. That was the spacey history, or at least that's what they tell us. Now for a drink based on that history, I'm talking to Sam Burr. He is the bartender at Louis 649 in New York City. 
what cocktail did you decide to make? I've made a drink called Under the Desk. Under the Desk. I was thinking about the old yellow journalism and how the movies portrayed the journalists as, in general, like a bunch of guys who were always drunk. And <laughs> they usually had a bottle of whiskey under their desk. Those are documentaries. So that really right, was right, how yeah. it was. <laughs> so it's real life. So tell me about this cocktail. What's in it? Okay, we're going to first put in one ounce of lime juice. Okay. Green for like outer space, you know? All right, I like that. Okay, so we're thinking Martians. We're thinking the green moon. Okay. And then we're going to go with one teaspoon of simple syrup. Okay. And then we're going to put teaspoon of grenadine in. Grenadine, okay. And then finally some whiskey. Very cool. I, I know you have a storm coming at you, and uh, you suffered an earthquake earlier this week, so thanks for joining us. Sure. Actually, about that earthquake, I'm on the West Coast. Did that even happen, or was that a hoax, like the unicorn on the moon it, thing? It really did happen. My roommate and I were home yesterday, and like our lamps started shaking. We didn't know what it was. Then I went out to the deli, and every building was evacuated. I love that you went right to the deli to, to get like a turkey sandwich. Yeah, a turkey sandwich and an earthquake. <laughs> And so, Brendan, it's yeah. kind of hard to fathom a world where people believed that there were unicorns <laughs> on the moon. I know. Can you, like, imagine living in a time where science was seen as a subjective endeavor and people were easily swayed by crackpot theories based on the barest threat of proof? Thankfully, <laughs> we are past all that. Yeah, that would have been bleak. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can trust the veracity of our cocktail recipes. Find them at dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guests of honor this week are Tunde Adebimpe and Kip Malone. They are two of the core members of the band TV on the Radio. Their last album was named Best of the Year by Rolling Stone magazine and, and a plethora of others. Their new one is called Nine Types of Light, and their tour starts this weekend. Hi, Tunde. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. And hello, Kip. Hey, thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's hear the lead single off the album. This is a song called Will Do. Your love makes a fool of you, you can't seem to understand A heart doesn't play by rules and love has its own demand But I'll be there to take care of you if ever you should decide That you don't want to waste your life in the middle of a lovesick lullaby But anytime I'll do, my love This record is mostly love songs, somewhat of a departure for you guys, but you have said that sort of happened unwittingly and that when you've consciously tried to make albums around themes, they kind of fell apart. And I want to know what those other themes were that you tried. Is there a great lost TV on the radio concept album out there somewhere? Definitely not. <laughs> it's been deleted, if there was. You have not attempted Tolkien-inspired song cycles. No, 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 no. You know, sometimes you'd say well, let's make a dance record or let's make a, you know, like it's it's never really a concept. Like sure. I had a vision and we have to make 12 songs about Clortho. There was a period of time where there was talk about doing a oh, yeah. Cosby-inspired Cosby opera. <laughs> That's true. Bill Cosby, the comedian? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, we might actually do it. Really? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. A, a Bill Cosby-themed rock opera? Seriously? The soundtrack for a Bill Cosby-themed thriller. Right now, I'm just clapping my hands with delight at the idea of like a TV on the radio jello pudding song with a James Bond vibe. Yeah. That would be kind of grand. All right. I want I wanted to ask you, this is arguable, but I'm going to say the moment that you kind of showed up on mainstream radar 
was this incredible performance you gave on Letterman in 2006 of the song Wolf Like Me. The clip of that has two million hits and rising on YouTube. People are still commenting on it five years later. What do you remember of that night, if anything? It was really cold. It was freezing. It's freezing in that studio. Really? Yeah. Which is good because I'm a, I sweat a lot. Maybe Letterman sweats a lot so too. Kept it, it kept you more matte than gloss. It's interesting that that's what sticks with you, you know, because it fascinates me these milestone moments for bands, and I wonder how much they're aware of the milestone in the moment. When you walked off the stage, were you like, "That's it, we're going places"? Oh well, no, I mean you're you're really <laughs> nervous, and then pack like, your bags, boys. <laughs> I just remember being completely, completely nervous, and then the last thing you want to do is. Fall on your face. Just fall on your face, and you're so. You're, before you go out, everyone's like, it's like, you know, it's a one shot thing, but don't worry. If you mess up, we can reset and da 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 da. Just like, that is even worse. We've seen this happen a million times when bands fail utterly. Don't worry. Yeah. I remember um, going to see it oh, yeah, later the, that the, night. Later that going night. Going to see it, and yeah. uh, I remember thinking that it, I was fully satisfied that we yeah. did not fall on our faces. I didn't watch it for probably yeah. a year. Why is that? You Are you overly critical of yourselves, you think? Yeah, yeah. And I've also learned that what. I think about our performances, no one's going to see what I see as wrong unless it's mm. so wrong. And if it's that wrong, I really don't want to know about it. Uh, we have two questions that we ask everyone on the show. Here's the first question. If we met you at a dinner party, what question shouldn't we ask? I feel like if, if I answer that honestly, I'm going to sound like an ingrate. But maybe I need to sound like an ingrate. I think this is your great chance to sound like an ingrate. Go for it. And the fact that you acknowledge that means that you're going to sound really cool. Well, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we got to work with David Bowie, and David Bowie is one of the most incredible pop writers, rock and rollers of our lifetime. Sure. Uh, hands down. There's no question about it. Totally inspiring yeah. dude. And uh, Well, you really sound like an ingrate a, so far. A, a, great, a great privilege to work with that dude. A great privilege. And nothing I ever thought we'd get to do. And yet, by the end of 2007, I yeah. never wanted to be asked again what it was like to work with David Bowie. <laughs> it was like the only, the only, thing, that only would, thing that people would ask. Would ask. Was just like, I started getting resentful. That damn Bowie. <laughs> You've ruined my life, Bowie. Thanks a lot. Thanks for casting your glimmery shadow all over this, <laughs> all over this operation. Well, I'm sure he's listening right now and just uh, calling up your agents and destroying your careers. He's, had it, he's already had it removed from the album. He's like, oh, you don't want it? Fine. <laughs> uh, here's our second question. Tell us something we don't know. Okay, one, Tunde can fly. Okay. Dude. Sec secondly, um... There's uh, two birds in the world that feed their young through a milk-like substance. A milk-like substance? Yeah, called crop milk. And, <laughs> and it's... And I don't it, know why that bothers me. Obviously, I know they, why it bothers you. Obviously... It is gross. They don't have breasts, so it comes out of their neck. What? That's also why it it's bothers like a you. cottage cheese-like substance. Pigeons are one of the birds. Oozing crop milk out of their necks all over New York City. Because they weren't disgusting enough to begin with. <laughs> you know, that's kind of my feeling. I don't know if that's dinner party conversation exactly, but it is something I didn't know. Gnarly. Do you know what the other bird is? Can you guess what the other bird is? Uh, I'm going to guess the crow because we've had several people come on the show and tell us incredible Ooh. things about crows. You're wrong, Rico. Gosh. <laughs> it's the flamingo. Really? How gross is that? Yeah. Think about how much crop milk a flamingo neck can produce. That's a lot of crop That's milk. a lot of neck. And Brendan, you know it's just a matter of seconds before <laughs> bird milk 
appears at foodie coffee shops. Yeah. You know, <laughs> specialty. <laughs> Flappuccinos, here they come. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, please post something on our Facebook page to help wash this whole conversation out of my mind. Facebook.com slash dinner party download. Or you can tweet us. Hit girls, hit bars, no, no mind the noise. It's just the sound of being dead to hell. Just a pornographic ship as the watches might as well eat So we've met our guests of honor. Now it's time for the main course, the part of the show where we talk about food. So Rico, cupcakes, not my thing. That's a huge surprise to anyone who's ever listened to our show. It's true. Because I... you don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> Shocking, I know. But you know, that doesn't mean that I don't have a sweet tooth. No. Or, or that I don't like a little something sweet to accompany, you know, my afternoon tea. Sure. It, it's just that I've never found a snack that was adult enough. You know what I mean? No, I don't know what you mean. Until recently, when I found my new tasty pastry of choice at the new Bouchon Bakery in Beverly Hills, All right. where pastry chef Roy Schwarzapel presides. All right. And what is this miraculous thing called? <laughs> well, it's spelled K-O-U-I-G-N hyphen A-M-M-A-N. So um, it's Kuaiganamon? You, you know what? Don't even try it. I, I had the same problem. <laughs> I asked Roy for some guidance. Think about it like this. Two rules I like to think about. The opposite of king is? Queen. And the capital of Jordan is? Amman. And it's not French, although the pastry comes from France. It's from the Brittany region. The Celtics were there, so this is in Celtic dialect. It's Celtic for butter cake. Ah, see, it sounds like the name of someone hiding out in a compound in Libya right now. No, sure, but it's Celtic, um, and it's butter cake, and if you knew what went into it, you would understand why it's Celtic for butter cake. Butter cake sounds less elegant, so let's just pretend we didn't know that. that right. I was just giving you the literal translation of those two words. So this looks beautiful. This looks like a combination. It looks like, like almost like a flan on top of like a, a croissant. So what I like to tell people, uh, most people know what the palmier is. I don't. In America, we like to call them elephant ears. Oh, why didn't you say so? Puff pastry that's rolled with sugar over and over again, rolled up, shaped like an elephant ear, baked so it's really caramelized and crispy. Puff pastry has no yeast. So if a palmier made love with a croissant and they had a child, this is what they would get. Because essentially this is like making a palmier, only this is a yeasted product. I think you work too much if you're having fantasies like that. Having fantasies about croissants making love with palmiers. Right. But so what is the difference between this and a croissant? Between all the folds, usually you're dusting with flour. In this, you're between every fold, dusting with sugar. So every single layer has sugar in it. So as it bakes, it caramelizes and oozes and it's just spectacular. So this is kind of like a croissant on steroids. On steroids and crack. So are there a lot of addicts? I mean, are these selling well? Oh, I, I can't keep up with it. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. Why is that a problem? It's the most time-intensive, technically difficult of all the laminated pastries. How long does it take to make one of these? Um, like a batch of these? Beginning to end... Hold on, I'm going to calculate it for you right now. Ferment 12 hours. Uh, we're looking at a good day and a half. A day and a half? Yep. Wow. All right, well, I think it's only gonna take me like a minute and a half to uh, eat this thing. I think it's time I, I took a taste here. Just dig right in. Oh my God. It's like there's uh, salt caramel in a croissant with custard. This is really transcendent. 
why why aren't there more of these? Like why aren't they why aren't they everywhere? Um, even if you travel to Paris, there's maybe a handful of places that are doing it. Um, it's super super regional. Even I've met people from Brittany that haven't had it very often because even within Brittany, it's it's very regional even within Brittany. So I, I'm sure there's that coupled with the technical difficulty in making it. I mean, it really is time intensive. Oh, you have to go? Go. Yeah. Okay, so the chef had to step away for a moment to put brioche hot dog buns <laughs> into the oven. So he's left me alone with this, and um, so I don't have to pretend to like it. If I don't like it, I'm going to go in again. Oh, my God. This is like, imagine like a stick of butter coated in sugar, dipped in caramel, deep fried, and then, you know, sent to private school in Switzerland, and then presented to you on a plate. It's amazing. So, Brendan, sounds amazing. Was amazing. Brioche hot dog buns. <laughs> yeah. Brioche hot dog buns. I, you caught that. Well, the bistro attached to the bakery uh, was serving lobster rolls at lunch. Yeah. Brioche hot dog buns, <laughs> Brendan. That is like yeah. caviar ketchup. I, I don't. I think it's actually not a bad idea. Caviar ketchup. Yes, it is. I don't think they would bat an eye over there if you suggested that. Folks, that's the dinner party download this week. We hope we put some caviar ketchup on your news week. and information diet. Thanks to Jackson Musker, Chris Clark, Peter Clowney, and Ellen Gettler. And now we leave you with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or returning from this weekend's dinner party. It's the Malk, Stephen Malcolmus to be precise. It's from his new album called Mirror Traffic. This song is called Tigers. It's like the cherry on top of your caviar ketchup week. Yuck. Bon appétit. I caught you streaking in your Birkenstock A scary thought in the two case It's not too late Sips and toothpaste Got enveloped in your sticker shock I gotta tell ya It's a barrage It's a barrage It's a mirage We are the tigers We need sand
Brendan Francis Noonan. I'm Rico Galliano and... Uh, hello? Who are you? The name's Cosby. James Cosby. Mm, yellow, boy.